30, eh? <laughs> 30. <laughs> dirty, 30. Dirty, Let me try this again. and thriving. Have <laughs> you ever, have you ever seen flirty. that? <laughs> Wait, is that in a movie or something? Yeah, that's from um, um, 13 Going on 30. Oh, uh, okay. Never seen that movie. I've heard of it. Never seen it. When 30 was actually like a, a good age. <laughs> Well, who do speak? Okay, speaking of, we can go. Does that look like Clayton's? Well. Real quick interruption. It is. It is Clayton's. So. I can tell from the chairs and the, yeah. pl- the plexiglass, the plastic tables. Um, someone recently told me that I need to wait till I'm 36 to get married. Oh, woof. Yeah, like, like, but the intention I I feel like with Will, cause like she's like build something, and wait till like 36 to get married. I kind of I kind of don't mind that, but I want to marry like a 26 year old. <laughs> When Damn I'm 36. Know <laughs> 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 I'm saying? Know I'm saying? Know I'm saying? <laughs> yes. That's really pushing it for a female, though, because, like, they... That's why, like... You know, like, you come 40, it's going to be harder for them to have... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm something. just thinking about her. Direction. <laughs> 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 like, I want her, her clock to be, like, ticking comfortably <laughs> when she's with me. I don't want her, like, you know... Like be, to be in a rush, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, we just met. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, as long as you got valid reasons, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, I love when this happens when we find like that random <laughs> ass topic to just start off the and night. for today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by being thirty. <laughs> on the verge of thirty. Oh, do you want to be twenty six in three months, four months? Damn. August, September, October, November. Three months. Three months and six days. I mean, let's say we're, if we're calling the day, today's the sixth, so the 12th of November. Man, my birthday this year was kind of, uh, like, it just kind of, like, happened. Like, I don't, like, it didn't make me feel older. It was just kind of there. I was going to say, I'm like, because of, well, because you weren't home on your birthday. Right. So, that, so I, that, yeah, that makes sense. It just kind of happened. Just kind of like, okay. I never feel cool. older until like six months after my birthday. Halfway <laughs> <laughs> like, to the next number. I just turned 24 six months ago. <laughs> and then this year was like 25. I'll tell you what, though. I stopped aging at 22. That was my mental thing. Mm. I stopped the number counting. I mean, I know my yeah. number count, but like when I, was tw- when I turned 22, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like you stopped that's giving it significance. Yeah, the, the number stopped. Gi- I stopped. Yeah, that's perfect. Place, so. Yeah, I guess that's how I could... That's how I could summarize how I feel about this birthday, about turning 25. It's like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, because even you said your mom asked you, like, how, how does it feel to be 25? And you're like, well, I, I feel 25. Like, I feel like I should feel like this. Yeah. You know, it just kind of hit. feel exactly my age. Yeah. yeah, I know I definitely felt like that earlier this year, not quite around my birthday, but earlier this year, I definitely felt that. I was like, man, how, how do I feel to be 25? Like, a quarter, you know, a quarter, what, a quarter century in. And I was like, feel pretty damn good. Like, everything's pretty rocking in my eyes. Everything's going rolling yeah. it's moving i rang it in with some some green chili beer nice how was that green chili is, beer? is really good in, it's in, delicious. in colorado uh that was in new mexico we were in oh, Rudoso. We were the aliens yeah with the, with the well not in roswell but oh, in, okay. uh, in rudoso oh yeah okay, okay. Um, so tourist town we were with the tourists gotcha. so um but it was great i forget i think it's just called rio grande brewing or or rio grande river brewing or i don't know what but i think it's, it's rio grande brewing i think okay. that one yeah yeah, it, they got some really good stuff, um, and they're the ones that make the, uh, I think it's called like the Pancho Verde or something like that. So it's like a green chili infused beer, but it's like the, the chili flavor is like really subtle, and it's not like too strong. It's not like super spicy. It's like zesty. So it's like, it's, hmm. oh, it's on the spot. It's really good. I can almost like mentally taste it. It's really delicious, and I want more. <laughs> 
We need some uh, that wa- was that watermelon wheat. Oh, uh, the wah wheat. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was good that stuff. Was tasty stuff. We, go- we going to Nashville this year? Maybe. Definitely. Okay, well, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it, it, it's it's been. I feel like it's been coming up more and more in the conversation yeah. between you and Gonzo. It's like, okay, we going? It's like we're going or what? It's like it seems like it seems like we're edging that way as the, yeah. as, as the year comes to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the latter part of the year, we're already in the second half now that we're in August. So, like, hmm, it's going to happen sooner or later. Cool thing is, though, either way, uh, that regardless if we go or not, like, just the the busyness that's going to start happening in just September is going to be yeah. pretty awesome. And anyways, you know, we're it, it it's not going to be a detrimental thing to not go because we're going to be moving, you know, here in town. For sure. Or here in the state. And actually, who someone asked me Friday or yesterday, I think it was yesterday, as far as, like, what what are we going to try to do, like, as far as uh, – are we gonna like try to hit the West Coast or like the East Coast? I'm like, no, nah, we're gonna try to hit Texas pretty damn hard. Like, we're already, I feel like we're already building like in the coastal bend, you know, from mm-hmm. here from here to Houston basically. And now with the booking radio and the regular booking, you know, hitting that hill, hill country a little harder now. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So with the with the, with the music in mind, we've always talked about how we wouldn't have social media if it weren't for like the music and like just the market, the free marketing in a sense. So what do you guys think you'd be doing if you didn't have social media? Like let, let's say let's say and I'm not saying like like a like a back in the day it's like no like like a moving forward type deal of like okay I don't have social media and it's not going to be detrimental to my business. Hmm. I think for me right off the bat I'd be reading a lot more. Actually, probably the same now that I think about it. Because I, with social media, it's not always all social. Like, I like to go through, like, the Snapchat stories for, like, the Wall Street Journal and, like, CNN or, like, you know, other maybe tech Right, because you, you sent me some stuff, too. That's yeah. like, especially the AI stuff lately. Yeah, yeah. It's been really cool. So I'll send you some stuff through that. Um, so if I wasn't doing that, I'd still be trying to get, like, kind of my information elsewhere. So I'd be doing other or reading on other media. Right. Um, but also because sometimes it, it does become a little distracting. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, if I see people that are, like, you know, out having a drink or out celebrating something, I'll be like, oh, totally forgot about that. You know, let me hit them up, and then I'll be out. Um, and if I didn't have social media, I wouldn't be kind of, like, distracted in that sense, yeah. and I'd be just hitting up them books or something. Right. Because the only reason why I bring it up is I got it from Seth Godin with his uh, interview with Marie Forleo. And he brings up, like, what makes people or certain certain businesses thrive is because of the scarcity for that product or whatever. So it's like – and he actually brought up, like, record making, where, like, record making's out the door in one sense because the scarcity is gone. Now you can just buy the song if you want it. And so that that's the qu- that's so that, uh, that just to tie this up is like that's the question that I thought of like well if you don't have social media if it wasn't detrimental to the music or, or in our case the music but business in general you know what what would you be spending your time on which I think books is a good answer it's it's not necessarily like wanting to be seen as like oh that this is what the answer should be but like it's an answer to ponder on like okay like you know maybe use an extra hour on on book reading why not like uh well in my absence since you know I've been gone like. Mm-hmm. Going on tour, uh, when we were in West Texas, New Mexico, and even uh, most parts of Colorado, like service for me was 
zip. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I had, I had so many struggles trying to get service um, because I had like a lot of emails and business-related things I still had to take care of and function, right? Uh, make function anyway on the road. So when I had Wi-Fi, it was like, okay, crunch time, emails, like, you know, yeah. and then uh, and then after emails were done, it's like, okay, what did I miss on Instagram <laughs> like, you know, and whatever and all that. And then like try to make my own social updates or posts or whatever. But service was super um, scarce out there. Um, and even though we were only gone for like nine days, it was the longest nine days of my <laughs> life. Like it was but, like in, it was a, in a good way, though. Like it was great. But like I remember like getting back home like it felt like i was gone for like a whole month and i think a lot of that had to do with just like i couldn't like there was no need for me to check my phone really because there's i mean nothing you to were check. able to yeah you yeah. were able to like, just refresh yeah refresh, so refresh. i was just kind of living more of the of the life around me than in my phone in my technology so it made the time pass by super slow I super imagine. slow oh, man. yeah That's super interesting but it did um well like all of us like had um, really limited cell phone reception so we were talking with each other like a lot more, I guess, and or I don't know, like a lot more. I'm pretty sure we would talk with each other anyways, like in the van and like at the gigs, obviously, and stuff and whatever. It might have been a lot but more passive, though. You know, if ha had you yeah. had sur service, you know, where like it's when you have a conversation and you're on your phone, you know, and you, and you look like, oh, yeah. And then, and then you, you then you realize like you missed something like, what was that again? <laughs> what, yeah. What was that? Oh, like, oh, shit. Damn it! And then well, even like I, um, I bought, I picked up a copy of the Power of Myth over there in Colorado. Yeah. Um, which you've referenced on this podcast several times. So, yes. uh, finally picked up my own copy of that and just started reading it. And I got like through maybe like I don't know a quarter of the book just like on the drive home, just because again, just no service. So mm -hmm. gonna read or I'm gonna. Were nap. you able to bring up any points to any like Alex or anybody? Um, not a ton. Um, like when I when I just started digging into it, I kind of like um. Or actually, you know what? There was um, there was one point because we were listening to the um, the audible version of the Bruce Springsteen biography oh, okay. I was telling you about. So we were listening to that in the van on the way back uh, on the long drive home. Yeah. And I was also reading Power Myth at the same time. So, um, like you know, there was a lot of the, you know, the um, the which we call it the archetype, the hero archetype stuff coming up in the book at that at that moment mm -hmm. where Bruce is talking about um, you know about like bands and like and band leaders. He's like trying to emulate. Like, you know, like him and his buddies in his band were like, oh, like we need we need a Mick Jagger. We need someone who's going to give us like a total Mick Jagger thing, you know, mm -hmm. like a total Rolling Stones yeah. thing. And I was like, man, and I was thinking like rock and roll guys used to be like such like like held up to like like God standards. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're, yeah. Like they're at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, they're like, like mythical creatures, you know, they're the just like they're like the the star factor was really apparent in that um, in that situation time, I guess, yeah, you yeah. know, at least like I don't see that as often nowadays at least like in today's music, especially with rock and roll. Because mm -hmm. like rock and roll, you used to like have your guitar gods like Slash and mm -hmm. Angus. Um, Angus, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like uh, it's the dude from Aerosmith. What's his freaking name? Uh, um, Joe, per Joe Perry? Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. Joe Perry. Yeah. And nowadays, I just feel like that's like totally missing from, that, oh from man, rock and roll music. That's a good, that's a good, I guess, good, I guess, example because like when I'm at the gym, I have ACDC on like a lot, like ACDC, even even uh, Bon Jovi, just because of uh, I forgot his guitarist name, the guitar player for him. But either way, um, but like if you listen to like like the guitar parts where there's like it's just melodic, it's as melodic as um, like Morehead's oh, guitarist, what the original one? Uh, is it Roy Nichols? Roy Nichols. So like just melodic like that, of course in the rock uh, scene, 
but it's the same thing. Like when you hear something, you know what song it is. And same thing for Mo Haggard, same thing for ACDC, same thing for uh, some of the Bon Jovi stuff. Uh, Sweet Ch- uh, t- well, Sweet Child of Mine is my favorite from Guns N' Roses, but Guns N' Roses, you know, all those songs that they have. Yeah. That's interesting that 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 was able to tie in in the moment, you know, where you're reading Power of Myth. Because for sure, Power of Myth, uh, at least in retrospect, it, it, it reels you in really nice in the beginning. For sure. It, it, it's, it's definitely written appropriately to, like, not overwhelm you and then as you keep going it's like oh shoot oh shoot and then like me and you talked about the marriage thing the other day too on wednesday of like you know becoming one you know it's 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 a you in essence you turn into one soul where you know you're you're two individual people when you're single and then you you when you agree to get married and then you go through the ritual especially if you're a christian or catholic to be more specific um and then you you're you're supposed to become one uh Funny thing is, I just listened to another Simon Sinek video today, and he talks about when you get married, you should be working on st- you should be working on staying in love every single day. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Um, it's great how like in the Power Myth too, um, Campbell talks a lot about like how the every religion or every culture kind of has their different rituals for marriage and that sacrament or you know however you want to look at it, and going off of that, it kind of makes or breaks the relationship so to speak like um catholicism the sacrament of marriage is like a really big deal right like you go through like you know the the counseling with the priest and you do like all these things beforehand Mm -hmm. to make it go through and uh marriages um in the indian culture um like the actual country of india not native american indians Mm -hmm. but anyway like in their culture it's like a whole three-day like drawn out process like it's it's taken really really seriously Mm -hmm. And then I think Campbell at one point makes a reference to like how in society now, like, uh, you know, minus the, the ritual practices of religion, you can go down to the courthouse and be married in 10 minutes. Yep. So I was like, what does that, you know, th- like, what does that tell you about how serious to, to take this, you know? So Mind you, it's funny they say like today because Power of Myth was written like 1988 or it was released okay. 1988. So it's interesting, those parallels. Because that was, that was my main thing with you when I first when I first read it last year was, like, the fact that, like, the today concept, it's very much still tied into, like, the transitions that we're going through in today's era. Yeah, totally. So it just all makes a difference on on the psyche of a marriage, mm-hmm. I guess. When you think about it that mind. way, down to, like, you know, going to the courthouse, doing it in 10 minutes, like, it's crossed my mind before how easy that is. And not that I, I, I definitely don't think marriage is insignificant, but when you think about it that way, it... It devalues. Yeah, it devalues, devalues the concept and what it used to be. At least in my mind, it just feels like, I mean, that's it. Yeah, you're yeah you're yeah. done. And I I've, I've now, in the past year, seen instances because I've been at that courthouse, and for occasion and at the, at the beginning it's like oh cool like good for good for them, and then you know not even six months later like what happened, like what, there's like nothing. You know, yeah. Literally nothing. Not to say that it can't work out for someone who just like you know goes to to the courthouse. Right, right. That's that, what I'm saying. But like I, I'm just saying from my personal yeah, experience. Because right. now now I've experienced it. Cause I've, like I said, I've gone to the courthouse now, and it's like okay, cool. It's a great day. It's festive. Everybody's happy. And then you start keeping up to date with them just in general conversation. It's like there's, there's there's no spark. There's nothing there. You know, and not even and not even to devalue the concept of getting married. It's more of like just that 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 cup was like what like what happened. My question is like, what happened? Like, and then like the tie in, tie in Simon Sinek's little quote of like, you know, you sh- you need to work hard every day to stay in love. He said he said it's a work. It's a, it's a, like everything else. It's a journey. Um, and I'm like, man, okay, I wrote that down in my journal. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down because I, 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 
I think we're I well, I've, I guess I've said this throughout the all the podcast episodes leading up to this one of like working not working well we're working but we're like the effort has to be there like like where we want it to be so free flowing and staying in love and like that whole kind maybe like the whole love yeah the whole lovey dovey fairy tale type thing where the it's like, like honeymoon phase yeah and like we're like w- even though like or maybe we sh- we already know that that phase doesn't last forever so that that's where the work comes in and like we're in that era right now where like that work is very minimal you know um and and i'm waiting to see because actually i haven't listened to the podcast yet but tim ferris just released one today um and some of it has to do on like dating and he's released some other stuff on dating but um i remember someone asked him about like marriage he's like well what do you want me to do like for our work week on marriage like <laughs> like, like how like how do you want me to like you know like he he hasn't gone there because he's still like very much entailed into like a bunch of other things right but he's been he's been asked that and it's like well yeah because his thing is about finding them finding the minimum effective dose and doing the bare minimum to have the most productivity the most the highest quality of whatever your end goal is so to have to for it's a it's a it's a reasonable question that even he's like there so forth. I mean, there's not not for yeah. that because he, he's even mentioned like briefly here and there where like he's had girlfriends and this and that. And, like it's wearing great, and at some point you know it, it falls off. Whether it's him, whether it's her, it doesn't matter. The point is that yeah, the effort has to be there equivalently for both parties. Interesting. That's a good little rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> great little rabbit hole in the power myth, and <laughs> and I'm I'm halfway through it currently now. I definitely have a hard time putting that book down. It's it's hard to stop when you get going with it. Yes, it's good. Um, I know I, I'm fixing to probably reread it at the end of this year. Because now that you brought it up again, and you because you have the book, and I'm like, hmm. Because one time, one thing we brought up, or you, because you said you were about halfway through, I was like, dang, like it took me three months to like feel comfortable with finishing the book, and like you've been maybe like two weeks in, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks in reading it, I'm like, okay, I need to reread it and see how how it's different now. Because I think one thing we brought up was like, because we've kind of like talked about some of the things, like it's kind of like helping energize the newer stuff, whatever. New right, yeah. Some of it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of refresher for me because we've gone over this or we've talked about it or my mind's been exposed to this like um, this kind of thinking or these kinds of ideas already. So it's not like super um, heavy hitting on my uh, on my mind, I guess, all the time. There, right. It's like uh, maybe like half the time where I have to stop and think about like, oh shit, that was like something that really heavy. Good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into job and working with, working in a business, um, because right now, well, Eddie's a boss, but he also works for a boss. So some, I guess, the main topics that hit me today, because I went through a little situation this morning where I was just like. No one gives a shit. That's just what I felt this morning when I woke up, and I was go- I was going I was listening and doing certain things, and at the end of that little thirty minute segment when I woke up, I was like, no one really cares, and so I was like, well, let me. And I I, I went full uh, full cocoon, and I just sat here for like four hours, and I just watched YouTube and took notes and tried to develop some questions of my own, and then see what see what see where that mindset takes me, and one of the questions that I want to start with is what do you need to do what do you need to do your job better and i got this from i got the concept from simon sinek and his question initially was well, let's start with this one. I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna go to that we'll end up with that one but i want to start with this question so the question that i wrote was do your do your superiors make you feel like you're like you're getting 
to your natural best, like you're growing to your natural best? That's my question. Simon Sinek's question was, how do I help my people be and get to their natural best? So it's, it's, I, 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 I was thinking a lot in Eddie's case where he's both. So it's like, it's one thing to be part of a company and feel a certain way. And it's another thing to then try to, okay, if you don't like a certain thing from this company, then what do you want to make sure not to do in your own company? Mm. And that's my whole con. That's my whole, that was my whole mindset thinking now. Cause like I said, this one, I was like, man, no one gives a shit. I'm like, but you should. And what I'm really, what I, what I am honestly realizing now is like, like, and I, I guess I've always, I've, I've told you guys off the mic, but you know, when you make, and I've told other people, when you make the conversation about the other person, when you're having a conversation, it ends up growing to something way bigger than I feel like you could expect. Whereas like, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. At some point, the conversation is going to end because you've, you've, you've already listed all your things as opposed to like making a conversation. And I feel like it's, I guess in my experience, it's been reciprocated where it's like when I, when I ask somebody else a question, it's like, well, how's your day? Well, how's your day? And you just kind of go from there. So I don't know if you guys can give some insight um, of do you, do you, do your superiors make you feel like, do your bosses make you feel like you're getting to your natural best? Like, are they helping you gain something? Well, I'll jump. Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they're like, you know, some days are better than others. Yeah. And th one thing I want to make sure is like, I still want like super honest questions because that, that's what we need because this is where the change is going to happen. Once we can instill like some of these thoughts and some of these transitions in our head, it'll, I, I, at least in my opinion, my theory it's going to transition to your business that'll then make sure that you don't have employees that, you know, necessarily don't want to be there hundred percent all the time. Right. The, the way I think about it is just like a reflection. So, um, the people I've worked for, um, I usually find myself doing, um, better or at least feeling, um, like I've fulfilled my, my capabilities, I guess, in that job when my bosses are also doing the same, right. When they're, um, like uh, I guess when they're doing a great job doing doing their thing as a boss, then that's when I feel best about what I'm doing. So it, it just kind of reflects onto me, I guess, whether I realize it sometimes or not. Like when I was working at City Winery, my um, uh, you know my bosses were always on top of their game, always like taking care of shit. Like you know if you had a like a grievance or something, or you had to bring up something with them, you like totally felt comfortable doing it, and it was taken care of, and it was mm. taken care of instantly, and. Um, and you know, like things were just run so well in that um, in that space in that capacity. So I felt like I was doing a, a good job there when my bosses were doing a good job. Same thing with uh, working security. Like I used to work with my buddy Brucci a lot, and so Brucci ended up being my supervisor a lot of the times. And and he's always on top of his game, so that always like encouraged me to be on top of my game. Now with the current job I'm at, um, it's not always that case. There's a lot of other things going on, um, you know, in my in my boss's life that have kind of um, you know, demanded more from him and mm -hmm. have kind of, you know, made him stray away from, from managing the, the workplace business. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, like it, it kind of, yeah, it kind of reflects back on the me and I kind of stop giving a shit. Like I hate to admit it cause right. I, sh I should still be kind of in it, but, right. but at some points it, it's, it's hard to give a shit when mm -hmm. your boss doesn't give a shit. It's, it's totally so. reflective. That, and that's my whole point. Like the thing is to understand, to then act on it, but also like, it's the fact that you, as an employee and for, for you leaders out there, or you, you managers that want to be better leaders and the difference between managing and leading is exactly that, to give your employees 
that incentive to want to go to work and do their best every day. Like in your example where you said CD Ronnie was great with Brucci, it was great because it was the, the flow was there. But when your boss puts the business on the back burner, well, it's natural to put the business on the back burner, like because it's 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 it's, very, it's secondary. It's not primary to any end goal. You know, it, it's it's not obvious, but it's obvious to us, or at least obvious to me. Whereas, like when that because ha- it's it's same thing for me. Once I realize certain things, like well, yeah. Um, one thing I'll say is like as far as like this like scheduling, I've, I've seen a lot of scheduling whether it's retail and now in, in the gym and stuff. It's like sca- scheduling people for your own benefit, not scheduling to achieve a strategic goal. Mm. And it's detrimental. And, and people wonder why, like, oh, why, why are we making sales? Because there's no principle to uh, the end goal. Because the end goal is like, okay, I need Friday off, so I'm going to have Friday off and I'm going to schedule this person. And that, that, that's why, like, yeah, I, wa- I want to continue on this because I feel like it's very important for us to unveil this and be a part of this movement of that Simon Sinek has started and a bunch of other people have started because if we can hopefully make it clear enough and give some good insight of being, especially in your case, Eddie, where you're an employee and a boss, you know, translating, mediating, learning, trying to navigate and make sure that you're not, and it's not a mistake. It's just, it's the way it's like you say, it's the way, cause something happened with this, like as far as like family. So like the back, the business on the back burner. So yeah. what's, what's his, what are his decisions now? And that's reflective of his employees. Right. And, and for me, it's just kind of been uh, a slow buildup. So like it, it's made going to work, not very enjoyable for me. And, um, and coincidentally going on in my life right now, like it's looking to get a lot busier with the music and it looks like we're just going to be out a lot more. So it just kind of works out. Um, best for me to start stepping away from that job. So this is actually going to be my last month there at, okay. at that job. Yeah. So it just kind of, the timing kind of coincides with all that. There's a lot of factors going into me walking away from the position. But mm-hmm. um, but overall, I mean, there's a, it's that. And then also my own life is kind of taking its own movement. So It feels cool because it feels like, it, it's like, you're, it's like you're, you feel like you're part of the wave now as opposed to like watching waves and like realizing, oh, shoot, I missed it <laughs> or I missed something. It's like now it's like, at least that's the way I feel, and I feel like it's happening for you too. Where you feel like you're, you're, you can, you can see the movement. You're yeah. not, you're not missing anything. You're not late. You're not early. You know, we're we're kind of right along. You know, we're riding a good wave here. Right. Uh, it, as far as how it um, goes into to my own business, at least like as far as like running it with with you guys in my band, I feel like last night um, at Hillbillies was a really great example of of the reflection that I feel like I just kind of brought up, where your employees kind of tend to reflect, um, you know, how management's doing. So. Like, usually I'm a pretty, like, chilled, laid-back performer. Like, I'm not, like, crazy running around the stage all the time. So last night was, I wouldn't say I was crazy running around all the time, but there was a lot more movement than, <laughs> than there ever has been before. Yeah. So I was just kind of, like, digging digging a lot into the performance and moving around on stage a lot, hopping around, dancing around, et cetera, et cetera. And it totally, like, brought, like, um, like Denver, like, was starting to do that a lot more than usual, too. And then you were starting to do it a lot more, too. So it's just, like, it, like, it became a total reflection. It was, a big a, it was a big ass groove yesterday. Whoever, it was a big whoever, ass groove. whoever missed it yesterday missed it. Yesterday was a good, it was a phenomenal bar show. Like it was phenomenal. It was great. Even even after we, me and Eddie were talking after the show, it's like, hell yeah! Like it was it was complete fulfillment of the night. Tony Tony uh, potential you know new bass player um, played with us this weekend, and you know Friday it was it was rough just because it was his first time ever playing with us live. I told Eddie, hold on, let's let's wait till tomorrow. I. I am already fighting that tomorrow will be better. 
and yesterday was ten times better. It was great. It was it awesome. It was good. It was grooving. So anyway, I took up a lot of mic time there, Brian. It's your no, 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 turn. Well, no, 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 Connor, quick, no, no, quick no. side note, quick side note, quick side <laughs> note. Because uh, I, I just want to, I wrote it down, but quick side note is like, when you guys are wanting to quit your jobs, and this is, I did this, and I feel like it's very important for everybody. Give a month notice. Don't give two weeks. For me, or, okay, in my opinion, two weeks is not enough. Like, don't do it because they wronged you. Don't don't say oh I'm gonna give them two weeks because oh I'm gonna or I'm gonna quit tomorrow because oh they done all this bad stuff to me. Don't be that person. Now if it's in your gut and you're gonna do it anyways, well then you're gonna do it anyways. But I feel like it's it's important. It's not detrimental. It's just a very important that when you realize like okay this job isn't for me, and also look for another job. Like <laughs> make sure you know where you're going. Like you know uh, I think that that's one thing that people forget. They miss that. They I've miss seen, that yeah, I've seen a lot of friends like just up and quit jobs real fast without Cold a plan turkey. to go into another job, and then they're searching for a job for like a month, and then a month turns into two, turns into three, turns into four, and you're just like not having and any you're broke. income, and you're broke <laughs> as a joke, man. <laughs> like yeah, like you gotta be a little smarter with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my main thing. Is like. Give them a month in advance because it's not only for them, it's for you too. Because that gives you four weeks and two more paychecks, two more paychecks to, okay, what am I going to do if you don't already know? Um, I know for me, it took me like two months, and then I gave my month in advance. And since then, I haven't had to, I haven't, haven't had to deal with that. But um, I'm glad, Eddie, that you brought up as far as giving, you know, this is your last month. You know, let, let your boss know as soon as possible because I feel like for both you and that, because also things change in a month. Be like True. you'd be like, hey, you know what, dude? So, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not leaving. Like, you know, is it, is it okay now? Is it okay with you? Because it's all, because in his case, he needs to start preparing as well to start filling in that room so that he can start fulfilling those lessons for the students. Right. Um. So it's 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 very much cohesive movement whenever you're leaving a job, and I j I just want people to at least get that seed planted. Like, it's important. It's important, and don't do it wrong because you're wrong. You know, just end it right. And, you know, move on. If you're going to move on, move on, do it right, and continue. For sure. At, le at least, like, if you must, like, if you have to, have to, have to quit today, or if you have to quit tomorrow, or, like, a, on a short notice or whatever, like, if you absolutely have to, I'm sure it's, like, sometimes necessary, maybe, depends case by case, mm -hmm. you know, who knows yeah, what yeah, happens. That's but that's where you got to kind of be financially smart, financially prepared. Yeah. Like, I, I always keep, like, a certain budget in my savings for if I ever need to move or get like in a like you know move places move towns or yeah, get my own place or dire whatever situation yeah. yeah like a dire situation i always have that cushion of you know that little budget planned out for that just in case yes never know what could happen so yes at brian. least that <laughs> brian go so with all that said <laughs> no i was gonna say i'm glad eddie went first because i never thought of it that way as if like my boss is doing their job to like their potential then it makes me work that way but that's definitely the case with my direct supervisor he's not a very good like i don't know if leader is the right term but he's not a very good supervisor hmm. but he's very good at what he does like uh, he's a very good worker okay yeah and and seeing him work and 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 the results the that he gives makes me want to be at that caliber and makes me want to you know turn in my work 100 percent accurate to him because I know he knows his stuff and I don't want to definitely don't want my work, you know, coming back with like mistakes and stuff like that. Right. So him being a good worker makes me want to be a good worker. And I mean, we're human. So I think that we definitely also uh, feel like we're 
like we can grow to our potential with maybe like praise and incentive mm -hmm. and that in my case it, it hadn't been done very often um but when it did it just made me feel even even better about it and definitely kind of gave me a little second wind to giving it my, my best right right uh interesting as far as like your supervisor doing his job right so that makes you want to do your job right because i guess the way simon Sinek bring, brings it up and this might be a general 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 generality generality yeah um because he says when you're junior and because even even for him because he has a boss right your superior yeah. your supervisor has a boss so even him he's still considered junior because he still has a, 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 a mm -hmm. superior so one thing that simon Sinek brings up is like when you're juniors you have a job to do. You have to perform that job. The The company sends you to trainings. They send you to these things to learn and to do better in your job. Now, the end goal should be to get a promotion. And the issue is when you get a promotion is that they don't teach you how to teach your job to the next person. Because essentially, and this is this goes back to like a Jocko thing because he's brought up, I don't know if it's in extreme ownership, but it's definitely come up on his podcast of, that's where that's where the manager and leaders change because in the military you learn your job so that you can so you can teach it to the next person and that's the way promotions work in the military at least the u.s military i'm pretty sure it's like that pretty much everywhere i assume um but that's where people start falling off and becoming managers and essentially dictators i was like that i know when i got my first promotion um i got it like six months into my job and i was just hustling 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 because I wanted, I, I knew it was there. It was there from, it was there for the taking. It, it, in the monetary side, monetary, I guess aspect, it wasn't big, but the promotion was there. And now it's on my resume, which is cool. But I became very much a dictator. Where I was like, oh, I, I thought I just need to delegate. I just need to tell people to do this. Oh my, I know what you, I know what the job needs to be needs to that needs to be done. So I need you to do it. But there was no like, hey, dude this is the way you do it or hey I'll, actually i'll help you do it it's not that hard we'll actually leave earlier if i help you do it which is my mindset now you know it's totally different like even when we're loading and, and unloading uh for the gear uh for the band you know try to see okay what 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 needs to be done first and then go and like before and this this started when i was still my my the first band i was part of where i would i would literally run sound and then set up all my shit last and yet everybody's ready to sound check and I'm not ready to sound check. And before, I, because that's what I thought needed to be done. Because this, this was already in my change of like, okay, I need to do what's best for the band. And my mindset was like, okay, the best for the band is that we need to do sound check. So I need to make sure the board's ready. Everybody has their outlets. Make sure we have enough cables. Make sure the microphones are done. Make sure the monitors are plugged in. Eventually, and I remember exactly the gig. I don't remember which par it was at Paradise Roadhouse in Westaco. And I was already with Eddie. This was earlier, I think earlier this year, maybe late, super late last year. But I just remember getting to the gig and it's like, I need to set up my gear first. <laughs> I finally realized like, we can't have sound check till I'm done because I'm the one running the board anyways. So it's like, well, let me set up myself as fast as I can. And then I, then by the time everybody else get, let's say brings in the PA and sets up their stuff, then we'll actually all be done at the same time. And that's what exactly, that's what's happened more often than not. And I think, Maybe people have kind of noticed that, and it's like, well, like where before my my norm was to set up the PA, and make sure everything's ready to go. It's like, well, no, I actually I actually need to do the opposite and set up my gear first, and then I will make sure everybody's good to go after that. Monitors, cables, microphones, whatever else needs to be done. 
um, that was definitely my change. But going back to the topic of as far as uh, leaders versus managers, going through that change, and if you get a promotion, you know, and even then, like, when you get that promotion, still being able to seek help. And this goes back to something that me and Brian talked about through Simon Sinek, but uh, safety, feeling safe in your job environment. And how, how safe do you feel, you know? And I, I know definitely one, the biggest thing right now in my other job, not with music, is like, and I, it's, maybe it shouldn't bother me, but it's like, what do other people think? Because I feel like for me, maybe because of my character in person, and I try to be, I mean, I try to be, fran- I mean, I'd say friendly, but I, I'm always, try- I'm always like fiending for a conversation, but maybe with coming on strong and confident like that, I feel like I don't get the truth all the time. That's my opinion. That's what I think. And so when I'm asking questions, like, and mostly because I, I, I've learned now to, like, face read decently, where I'm like, you're not telling me everything. Fine, you're telling me something, but it's like, just tell me everything. I need to know everything. And that's why I've, I've gone default with you guys. I'm like, just tell me what it is. Tell me, tell me what it is, because I, I, I don't get that from the world. So I'm like, well, you guys are my friends. I need that from you guys. You know, if, if I ask for anything, it's that. Like, I, I need a default answer for myself. I know even sometimes me and Brian have talked about that where like you, when you when you have a, when you get mistakes on your projects or something or like if you have mistakes like just tell me what my mistakes are so I can fix them and not do them again. And it's the same thing for me in this aspect. It's like I'm feeling for for a truthful good conversation. And yet when I ask for like let's just say oh man so, sorry I'm 10 minutes late. Oh no nah, man you're good. And then let's just say for example then behind like oh man Andy's Andy was 10 minutes late like what the fuck right? It's like like you know I, I need I I need to know what you, at least I need to know what you're really thinking. That's my opinion. That's what I think. That's how I work, is that I need the full on. What you're thinking. I need. I need. I need to know so that we can move forward and I can. Because usually, when I'm like late, I am already not gonna be late for like another like five six months. Like just because that's what my kind of my trend has been. Like we're like I'll go, but usually what I think happens like I it's because I peak because I'm pushing 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 for six months. And then I happen to oversleep, and I'm, like, 10 minutes late, and I'm, like, fuck, and it's, like, the worst thing in the world. And then, like, later on, another employee is, like, 30 minutes late. It's, like, no big deal. It's, like, well, okay. And then that then, again, reflects management Yeah. because there's no there's no accountability at the end of the day. Ah, yeah. This shit gets me fired up. <laughs> fired up. <laughs> it gets me super fired up. Uh, well, we can move forward. So, so now I want to ask. Well, I guess th- this is still pr- from the perspective of, like, the manager. But uh, well, let me give the example first. Let me just give the example first. So Simon Sinek talks about this employee. His name's Noah, works in Vegas. He works at the Four Seasons, and he works at Caesars Palace. Simon Sinek said at the Four Seasons. So Simon Sinek he s- says he does more, I guess, kind of like what I do as far as, like, hey, man, how's, you, how's your day going? Like, that, that's what I would ask the, bar, the, the bellhop or whatever. and Or employee. Like, they're like, oh, sir, because – Usually, what needs to be done is like the employee needs to tell the customer, "Oh, sir, how's your day? Are you are, was your trip fine? How how was your flight? Was it great?" Service. Yes, yeah, ser- the service is like number one, because and most employees do that because they know they have to do it. Right. It's not because they want to do it. So the example that Simon gives here is this guy Noah. The four seasons are talking, and then hey, and then he asks him a question. I think more or less of. How do you like your job? And he's like, and he's like, without without a, without thinking about it, I love my job. And he's like, oh really? He's like, yeah. And then and then, continuing the conversation. I think there's a follow up question, but I can't remember what it was. But the the continuation was like, yeah, like I I love working here. And he's like, 
I work at Caesar's Palace, and I don't. I I go there for the paycheck. Because there, my managers look and point out my mistakes only. Here, my managers ask me, "What do you need? What do you need from me so that you can do your job better?" And I wanted to write that, whether it's rhetorical or not, but I wanted to mention that because I feel like it, it, it's 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 a mindset. It's a change of it's a change of mindset. And what I wanted to tie into this is the empathy, but also for us to become us and the listeners as well to become more conscious when you're working with employees and I do this working up and working down working with Eddie and then working with us the guys and me and, and I now have pointed out stuff to to Eddie like Gonzo's going through this so I'm pretty sure that's why he's acting like this not because he hates what he, he hates being, right. being here right he's going through things in his personal life and that's one thing maybe we can dive into is like how much personal life affects your work and the the concept used to be and it's easier said than done, obviously. Like, leave your stresses at the door, and then when when you leave when you leave work, leave your work at work, and stay and keep, and when you come home, leave everything at the door, right? So it's kind of like there's that middle space of like, okay, where, you know, where do you release and reboot for then the home, and then where do you release and reboot for the for the workplace? Um, I don't know if you guys want to give any of your insight on that, but I feel like it's just it's important to go to take empathy to the maximum amount available because. Um, it, it happens, you know, everybody, everybody's affected by certain things and what might be not as effective for you, whether it's a family case, whether it's a personal relationship, um, more than likely it, it's going to be totally different for someone else. Well, starting with um, the, the employee Noah example, yeah. I totally see a lot of parallels with that, like with several of the jobs I've worked. So... With security, it was, it was well. Security and working in city winery, both of those jobs, is more like okay, like I need my managers or my bosses to give me the tools I need to do my job well. And if I had the right tools to do that, happy camper mm -hmm. could give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like you know, it's like the the best world there for me, the best scenario possible. So for like city winery, um, doing the barback thing, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of wine glasses that you kind of have to sort through. So there's a whole bunch of like uh, the champagne flutes and then there's like your Collins glasses and then your red glasses, your white glasses, Chardonnays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on, right? Uh, your whiskey glasses, um, you know, rocks glasses or whatever they call it. Like, you know, all that, all that kind of shit. So right. <laughs> yeah. at one point we were really, really, really dangerously low on white glasses. And I told them this for like what felt like weeks man and uh, nothing was ever done about it like like it felt like they were just not ordering white wine glasses and it was really starting to piss me <laughs> off because it just felt like nothing was getting done and then that situation finally you know it accumulated so much that i didn't have enough white glasses for the entire building one night and then that led to um, i think i talked about this like episode two or episode yeah, three it was like early, a long time yeah, ago yeah, yeah it's like into it's, it. uh, it's really early on in the podcast where i talk about what I'll specifically have to find it happened and put in the show notes yeah, yeah i'm not going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to regurgitate it right <laughs> yeah. now but yeah, um, it, it was long it was like 20 minutes like yeah, it's, like, it's, it's it was a good, good it's a good long story you gave the whole thing yeah i'll, I'll yeah. make it a point people for to find in the show and then put in the show notes i'll put what cool. episode it is perfect so anyway this the situation of being short on white wine glasses and then it felt like nothing was ever being done about it no more white wine glasses were ever being ordered so it just got to the point where I didn't have enough to spread throughout the whole building doing my barback job. And then that led to like a whole like argument with me and several other employees because then they couldn't do their job that they needed to do that night because I didn't have the, the I didn't have my tools to give back onto them for them to do their job. Right. So again it's just kind of uh, trickled on Corridor, yeah, it trickled on yeah, down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And then after that situation happened, and then, you know, several emails were exchanged between me and my higher-ups about what happened, and then, like, you know, and then all that had to be settled out, and then, you know, like, you know, shit had to be corrected, and then finally more white wine glasses were ordered. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, I need the tools to do that and uh, to, do my, to do my job, and, um, and I need, like, the bosses who were, who were going to care about that. Right, I guess kind of the same yeah, way that yeah, yeah. Noah talks same about thing, working yeah, at Four Seasons. Yeah, Four Seasons. He's like, he's like, his. That's what he loved about there is like, his bosses asked him, you know, what do you need from me to do your job better, as opposed to like, hey man, you didn't clean that room correctly. Well, I don't know what the job was, but you didn't clean this room correctly, so you know you're gonna get ridden up or whatever. And as opposed to like, uh, hey man, did you were you missing it? Like, were, were even if they would said, hey man, you didn't clean this room right, but. Was there anything missing? Like, did you have all your tools? Did you have all your supplies? You know, even even that is still more caring than saying, "Oh, you did this wrong. You're gonna get ridden up because you didn't clean the room right." Yeah, and uh, even more example with the city winery thing. Like, I had bosses that, if I hadn't done a certain task yet, that like you know was entailed in my job, they did it with me, or like, or showed me how, or, or you know, walked me through it. Yeah. One of those would be um, changing out wine kegs, which, if you don't know how to do it, is extremely dangerous because there's a um, there's a big thick metal rod in the keg and it's like super pressurized because you know it's keeping the wine fresh mm -hmm. and so there's a couple of different triggers you got to pull first before you can like take out Release this it. ordeal yeah. yeah otherwise all this air pressure in there if you're like standing over it in the wrong way like it can shoot the fuck up and knock you the fuck out like oh, it can totally scary. take your life <laughs> yeah some guy apparently before i started working there some guy um did it wrong one time and it like it hit him right in the jaw and took out some of his teeth so that's pretty scary oh. shit to think about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so but I had great managers that um, you know walked through it with me. Or mm -hmm. if I needed them to cover something that I couldn't, that was in my job, they went above and beyond to help me do it. You know, so yeah. it was it was totally cool. Kind of like you were saying, like, okay, this is not my job, but you know, if we do it together, like, it'll go by faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll leave early. Good. Actually, we'll leave. Yeah, yeah we'll be gone. We'll A be lot gone. of that happened at City Winery. Cool. Tons of that. That's interesting. Uh, I just want to tell an uh, example that I thought of from when I worked retail, I had this new, well, he was new assistant manager at some point. Then of course he became just the assistant manager, but he brought up, he brought up a lot of concepts from Walmart cause he worked with Walmart for like 10 years. And while he actually left because of the managerial situation, I now see as most of his concepts as like legit. And like he was ahead of his time, which is interesting because he got so much flack for being different. Interesting. And even like, and interesting enough, like the way people have like military families, like he has a Walmart family. Like his all his family worked for Walmart at some point, and we're in the, like his I think his dad was like in the military. He was in the military at some point, and I think his brothers too. And but at some point they went to the military and they went to Walmart. And some of them were lifers, as as to quote David Hackworth, uh, lifers. And some were you know they and then like him where he didn't, he ended up not staying in Walmart. He ended up moving and like he ended up moved cities and he just completely like restarted. But one thing that he talked about, and was in that in that light same as Eddie is uh, carts outside. Sometimes the manager ha the managers have to push the carts. And so whenever he had to go do it, he would go do it. Like at, at the job at the retail store we worked at together. And like I said, like, yeah, like that, 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 that's just what came into mind. Cause I'm like now, I mean, this is, it's been three years since I left that job and uh, you know, realizing that he was ahead of his time, you know, and he, he was actually, he's actually on a good path. And now I'd probably reconsider, you know, in the future, like hiring or or working for him, if, if that opportunity arose, where he, hey man, like I remember him and like, hey man, I'm sorry for being a little shithead, you know, three years ago, but you I know, I didn't know any better. Yeah, I didn't know any better, and I and I, I now see that you're, you're you were just ahead of your time, and that's why you got so much flack. 
which is a total change of mindset. But uh, yeah, very cool. What about you, Brian? You got anything as far as uh, your boss is trying to give you? Not necessarily, not necessarily like a hand holding your hand, but sometimes there's. I I feel like there's a minimum eff, uh, minimum effective effort that needs to be done from the managers and effective leaders to make sure that employees do job. For the most part, because I, I really deal with like two bosses, mm-hmm. and one of them is technically not my boss but he is like above me and he does ask um a lot from me so i do consider him my boss but um he he will do a lot of kind of i need this and i need that and he really won't tell me how to do it mm. and i'll try to figure it out because i kind that's of your a, instinct uh, yeah, yeah right now i'm gonna say for you yeah <laughs> a part of a part of me though. like doesn't like to go and like if he gave me something to do is because, you know, he doesn't have time to do it himself or, yeah. or nobody else And also, can. I think one thing we've mentioned was, like, he trusts you to do it. Exactly. Well. So then what I – the last thing I want to do is go back and basically have him do it with me because um, then I just feel like that's kind of misappropriating his time. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to figure it out and I'll go and ask around people maybe. Sometimes things are already being done. Or, you know, portions of, let's say, the task that has been asked of me. So I just need to kind of compile information. Right. Um, so that guy, he, he really won't, he doesn't do that. But the other, the, my other boss, the one that's a bad leader, good worker, he, he will. He'll tell me, like, exactly what I need to do. And he'll be like, no, no, like, this is what you got to do. Um, and he, he likes to automate things a lot. Um, so, and I really like when he teaches me kind of, like, automation things and i'm like dude this is awesome so on one end yes on one end i do get that and it makes my job a lot easier when he asks me for things because it's things that like like we're in sync we're on that same wavelength he's like hey can you do this i'm like dude got it and then the other guy is like hey can you do this for me and i'm like yeah i'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll be back in like in a while yeah Yeah. i was gonna say now uh going back to the noah example um, where he's talking about Caesar's Palace, they just kind of point out the flaws. Yeah, they look for them. They yeah. only give them his mistakes. They don't. They don't coach or right. do anything to. Now that just kind of it spurred something in my mind from what I was reading in the Power of Myth earlier um, last night, and it was about um, how that's kind of why Catholicism gets kind of into dangerous territory sometimes with the human psyche because in Catholicism you kind of spend a lot of effort focusing on your sins mm-hmm. versus. You know, maybe your attributes or great things you've right, done, right? Right. Like, w- like Catholicism has its whole. It has confession. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah, its, yeah, you confess, it's, its right? own like big ritual, like mm-hmm. confessing your wrongs, right? Right. And then you have to, like, you know, uh, you know, make up for it. Like, they give you like a certain list or amount of prayers right. that you have to do, or maybe actions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it spends a lot of time focusing on the mistakes, which is uh, which. I remember like Campbell saying like, which has kind of been like a detriment to that religion and why it's maybe been showing a decrease in followers lately. So right. What year was that again in that book? 1988. I believe it was released 1988. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, which is crazy because I remember when I first brought it up, I was like, wait, this is it's like 30 years ago. I was just about to say it's, it's nearly 30, 30 years ago. If not already 30 years ago, let's say 30 years 30 years ago now. It's like Jesus, like so relevant. I mean, people. Yeah, people. You guys need to, especially after now, listen to like these episodes, especially. Uh, some of the earlier ones, we actually like dive into the book a few, maybe a few sections. Um, it's very much relevant to the times that we're dealing with, the things that we're going through now. And thinking about it, like in that sense, it was released in 1988. But how long was that information kind of in his head? Yeah. Before yeah. that, it's not like 1988 came. It's like 
boom, all this information, <laughs> Dude, and, here, and here's a book. No, like, oh my God, this yeah. was all kind of, like, marinating, you yes, know? years of, like, just watching yeah. and learning. Because his thing is, like, Native Americans, you know, learning their their rituals, learning their culture, and then tying in everything else to how it works, how everything else works. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that, that – and – to add on, what we are one of our circling themes here is uh, delayed gratification. You know, in, in this sense of realizing, okay, there's all these things that are the same, and there's all these things that you know could be worked on. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm like thinking about when I used to work at American Eagle when I was like 19 years old or going on 19 years old mm-hmm. around that time, and like, well, it made me think about it because uh, I guess in this example with Noah again with Simon Sinek and Noah. Noah's like I guess a greeter sounds like he's a greeter. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, he's something yeah. like like maybe like a like I don't know if they have someone that, cl- that clicks the elevator door for you like you know some type of yeah, ser- some type of service like man something yeah. where they you see him in the hall you see him in the in the, in the lobby or whatever. Yeah, but like you kind of like referenced where it's like an, an expectation of him in his position to greet the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Whether yeah. he wants to engage or not, right. right? It's just kind of expected, and that's the majority of what I did at American Eagle was greet customers at the at the walk in at the door. So, and then just, like, ask them if they're looking for anything specific. Can I help you find anything, like, or whatever? You see your browsing? Cool, I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. Whatever. But I had to greet people. Mm-hmm. And it was instructed to me um, to not only greet them, but to try to give them compliments. Like, you know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. that feel like, okay, they're kind of trying to force it. But, but like, but, I mean, if that's, like, part of, like, you know, my natural ways as, as you know, as a human, I guess, anyway, you know, as a personality, like, right. you know, like, uh, like when I came into your house, you're like, oh, that's a cool hat. Is that a new hat? Like, I'm the, the same way, you know? I was like, oh, did you get a haircut? Or, right, yeah, yeah. Like, that's like just kind right. of how I am anyway, so it didn't feel forced. But some days where I felt really antisocial, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to have to <laughs> force some shit. Hey, man, nice Nikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like right, right, yeah. Just pull, literally, just pull something just yeah. to say it and get it out of the way. But and that's another thing, like get, do it to, or you have to do something to get it out of the way, as opposed to like, hey, hey, that's a cool, that's a badass cap, yeah. dude. Like, where, you know, where'd you get it? Or what, yeah. You know, when would you get it? Yeah. Now here's the thing. My superiors would grade me on my compliments. Like <laughs> I would, I would consistently oh, at the at the end of the day, it's their um, it's their standard at the end of the day to do a review with you about how your how they how they think your day how went as an employee. That's so or at least how you performed, right? So they kind of like try to do the sandwich thing, like uh, it's like boom, good thing, bad thing, good thing, sandwich. That's it. Yeah. You know, but that's pretty effective as long as there's yeah. some good things. Because the biggest thing is, I guess this is just retrospect. Because there's some bad things that you that there's things that you can work on. But as long now, as long as there's good things, as long as the good things are the majority, it's part of the biggest difference now. Because I feel like at some point for corporate America. And this is actually something I wanted to bring up with a Walmart example. That last week, remember we brought up like retail and like how re- general retail is going to fall at some point. Right, right, I've right, called right. it out for like two years, and like yeah. now it's finally going to like simmer, which is not—it's not a good thing. But I'm like, damn, I've seen this. Anyways, but I mean, I just, let's just tie up that where that's interesting that they went to that extent to basically just wa- essentially watch you all day, as opposed to working on the strategy of the business to make sure it grows and have actual like. And goals. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're doing that too, you think but so? they're, but yeah, but like, okay, the, okay, the, I, okay. I, I'm, I didn't know your experience. So I, well, I mean, like, I'm talking I'm mostly I'm about like getting feedback from the managers that were on the floor with me. Okay, at okay, the time okay. I was working. Okay, because I feel like so. they were just like vultures, like waiting for you, like watching you. Oh no, like they were oh, okay, like they okay. were like trying to make sales and like do their own thing too. Okay, that that's that's my that was my distortion right now. Yeah. I was like, okay, these guys are like vultures. Like I'm like, fuck you, man. I quit right now. <laughs> I wonder if you'd do better if you like tried to upsell. Hey, nice jeans. We got better ones back there. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what you could do is like, hey man, nice jeans. I I know the perfect belt that would go with that with that pair of jeans. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the 
the trepidation that I had mostly with that job was they really push you to sell the credit card. Oh, yeah. it's like, yo, I think you, everybody has that right yeah. now. And you know how many people hate that question? <laughs> like, I Walmart mean, does it. The retail store I used to work at does it. I guess American Eagle does it. Old Navy does it. Yeah, the, Buy, the credit card thing. It. Yeah, Best Buy does Best it now. Buy does but it's a lot more tempting at Best Buy. Oh, I, 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 well, I, I have a Best Buy so credit card. I. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a Best Buy credit card. But, Side um, note on credit cards. I'm so glad I've I have yet to need to get one out. That's I've good. Been, I've been everything's cash, a little bit of debt through cash, but only physical cash. Sidebar though, the only way you're going to be able to build your credit exactly. is by. Yeah, I'm still figuring that out, but well, I'm not I'm I'm not worried about it right now because I have no money to have a credit card. It's so funny how like the, the only, way I'm distributing it. Yeah, it's like it's so funny how like the only way to or I guess not funny, but it's something I guess like Hilarious. the only way to build your credit is by like owing money and then paying it back. Like that's the only way you can have like any proof that your credit's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, I just think that I find that hilarious, but like versus like you have no need for a credit card. So like the day that you have to go like you know ask you know for some credit or you know or establish a line of credit, yeah. And someone's gonna be like, well, what's your credit like? It's like, well, I've never had to do it before. That's that to me. That's kind of credit enough. I'm sure from the banker's perspective, Brian, it's probably way different. Well, yeah, because they look at your credit score, right? Because that'll determine historically how well you pay back. Exactly. What about? Oh yeah. No, it it totally makes sense. It's just like in my mind, it's like, well, if If you've never had to take out a credit card before, what if I have? What if? Possible question. New new theory. What if my investable 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 assets is like really good? Like that where I have assets that like like that I have a great number. I don't know for a fact, but that definitely helps like secure investable the loan. assets. That's a fucking. Word. It definitely helps secure the loan. Like, hey, if you can't pay back, at least we know you have the cash. Yeah, we'll just take it from there. No. Um, but I don't know if not having like a credit score, a credit history, if that completely kills the deal. That's fair. I, honestly, like s- something like that, I'll figure out when I get there. Because right now it's like I'm figuring out other things. That is, I guess it's just not. I just haven't dealt with it. I haven't had to deal with it, and I haven't looked for it either. You know, like my car's paid off. I, we, I think we paid it off. Nine last two years ago, last year or two years ago. Either way, it's, 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 but it's paid off. You know, like I, you know, everything I, bu- everything I buy currently is in cash. If I don't have the cash, I can't buy it. And if it's, and this is my rule. If it's, if it's, if I didn't earn it through a gig, I can't buy music gear. All my music gear is bought through gigage. And that, that's hot. That's that's my that was my first established rule that I made when I bought my twin reverb, which which it's been like four maybe like four years five years since then. Um, when I bought that, and because it was it was my first major American made purchase, right? It was my so I'm like, okay, how am I gonna pay for this through gigs? How many gigs does it take? I did the math and then I do did it. That. Yeah, that's it. So that that's what I've done so far. And so far, like I said, yeah, I just, I just haven't had to deal with it. When I deal with it, I'll then come to Brian. I always tell everybody to reference. Brian, email him, message him, do something because he's very knowledgeable. That's my route, and that's why I'm not worried about it. And even right now, like investable asset, investable assets, does it help? Good, cool. And I, we can just move from there because yeah. I mean I'm I'm working on that primarily anyway. So yeah, cool, very cool. Man, I do not miss working at American Eagle. Not <laughs> not one bit. I do not miss working retail. I'm not gonna say never again, but never again. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of well, because what happens with that with that retail and and the the beneficial thing for them is that there's still a lot of good leaders within the system that allow them to prosper. They don't realize it, but I think a lot of it has to do with dehumanizing and 
only looking for profits. Yeah. And that goes back to like game theory. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of game theory. Infinite versus inf- uh, finite versus infinite. You heard of you, Brian? I've heard like topics on game theory, but not. I don't know the whole deal. Like there is a there's a whole class in college. Okay, well, I, ha- I had like a 10-minute session with Simon Sinek mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier today theory. on Game Theory. Because um, he, he's brought it up several times, uh, finite versus infinite. And there's finally this small TED Talk. It's, it's, un- it's just under 10 minutes. It's like 9 minutes and 48 seconds or something. And he gives the breakdown of where the U.S. is right now. And he ties in, basically, when you're finite, the example he gave was baseball. So in baseball... Or the way finite works is that you have to you have to have a finite A team and a finite B team, and that equals stabilization. Like that that works. There's an end there's an end goal. For infinite, it's the same thing. It has to be infinite versus infinite, and there you know. And the example for the for the infinite was the Cold War. So when you clash those things, and the example I'm going to give is Vietnam, because that's what the example he gave. He gave several examples, but the, the example I'm going to use is Vietnam because I've read about it. Um, when you have a finite player versus an infinite player, the finite player thinks he wins, but the matter of fact is that usually the infinite player loses their will and loses their resources to continue in the game. So Vietnam, the U.S. was seeking to win and win by numbers. The Viet Cong, they wanted to live and live the way they wanted to in their society, and their culture, the w- their beliefs. So he's calling our pe- – or Simon Sinek is basically calling our period the Cold War 2.0 because the only thing that's different is that it's now like North Korea, Pakistan, Iraq, and all that stuff because they're all the ones saying, you will not make us change our beliefs. We will live like this, and you know, regardless, you know, we're we're gonna do these things, and we're like, no, you need to. We're gonna win. We're gonna do this, and the thing is that, and I think this is a valid point, is that the U.S. is so scatterbrained right now in the government, because they're trying to win just the popular vote as opposed to like going back to values, which that's another thing he ties. Which that's another thing that uh, Simon Sinek ties in for. He's like, what do we stand for? You know, the values versus just having single like out wants and outcomes to win whatever we're trying to win at. And basically he says like we're let's say Syria we go in direction X uh with Putin we go in direction Y with Iraq we go in direction A with Afghanistan we can go in direction E as opposed to okay what values what do we stand for what are the values that are that have built the United States of America? And choosing letter F for every single thing because it's based on values, not winning a situation. And he says that's why a big part of why there's turmoil in the U.S. is because they're trying to win something, a number, as opposed to staying to their goals and staying to their values. And that, that, that's, that's what's causing the turmoil right now, which is very interesting. So that's, that's the consensus, that's the generalization of game theory. Infinite versus infinite, or sorry, infinite versus finite. Um, if both players are finite, you can have a stable, stabilized game. If the, both players are infinite, that's also stabilization. So baseball versus the Cold War. 
as long as they don't clash like Vietnam, where there's a number game versus a cultural values game, that's that's the I, I don't want to go too, too deep into like a, a rabbit hole because that's I just want to give the general idea because it's like I said, it's a 10 minute video that he gives like the whole, whole bunch of information. But I feel like with that, if you can think about that, then you can use it in your in, in, uh, in our personal usage as well, you know. What values do we stand for? To what you know? What or what values do you stand for as an individual, and where you work? And then let that let that dictate. That should dictate your your answer, not your interests. You know, uh, like monetary interests, for example. You know, for a money end goal. Well, but you're you're probably gonna get it anyways if you stick to your values. So yes, exactly that. Let's let's bring it back to the workplace. Here's another question that I got, but. This was also in with Simon Sinek in mind. But my question is, what is a fearful element in your workplace right now? Like, does, is there anything that makes you feel insecure, unfulfilled, etc., or scared? In any sense, there's no like right or wrong type of scared. I think what makes me feel scared in my workplace, or like it's been making me feel. Um, it, it's it's the more uncomfortable aspect of my job that I, I dislike doing entirely. So on my schedule, on my list of students, um, you know, I see it on my day-to-day. -day, uh, it's on my Google Calendar. If there is a um, U.S. dollar symbol right next to that student's name, that means they owe money. Mm. And so, again, like where when I started the job, it was not part of the teacher's responsibility to take payment, right? Oh. So that's something that, that became a thing like later on, maybe like a year into me working there. It's when it started okay. becoming a thing. So now when like I had students coming in that they owed money, then it's like, okay, I gotta bring up this awkward conversation before we start. Like, hey, it's like need to collect money from you for the month. And then it's like, oh okay, we'll do it after the lesson. No, need it now. Um, you know, H E B doesn't let you put your groceries in your car and then go pay. So yeah. you know it, it's the same idea. Know, right, right. Yeah, yeah, same idea. And um you know, so that's just kind of like always an awkward conversation for me to have because that's just, in my opinion, not something I should be worried about. I'm I'm worried about teaching the lesson, and I'm my focus should be the student, not the the financials. You know, so but that's just like my opinion. Like I'm sure, like if I'd maybe started out the job that way, if that was like entailed in my job description, like you know, going into <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, started at the beginning. You know, my headspace would kind of be there already, but it's it's one of those. That's things. That, that a year later, so it's obviously just something they try to delegate out now right year later just but it, it's always like so uncomfortable and then sometimes it really leads to um, some stick some sticky situations mm -hmm. where it's uh like one time i had a student come in that i was supposed to have an hour lesson with her and um her parents owed money for the month or for the lesson or however they're gonna pay it and so before we started like she you know she came in by herself so her parents had just dropped her off and left and then they were mm -hmm. gonna come back to pick her up later and then, uh, and the student doesn't have a cell phone, so it's like no way of like you know getting to the parent to like get them to come back and like pay or whatever. So it's just kind of like okay, it's just gonna be easier to start the lesson, and then when they come, pick the student up, like yeah, you know, get the payment, then, get the right? payment then. Yeah. Well, I had a situation one time where, you know, they they came in, or in this situation in the scenario, they came in um, after the lesson was done, and uh, the dad was just trying to pick her up and get out, like not even get down from his car. So I, I told the student, like, no, like, I need your dad to, like, come in. Like, you know, I need to collect payment. Yeah. And so, like, it, it – but it took me, like, several reiterations and then her going back and forth between the car and the business a couple of times that, like, you know, finally he yeah, came down. Yeah, he came down. And then he just, like, flat out told me, like, didn't have cash, didn't have his card, didn't have any check. 
So just, there was no way to pay for, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, we're in the red because, you know, like, I just got paid for my time regardless of whether the business got paid or not. Yeah. So, you know, and then all of a sudden we're, we're negative in the money on that on that space. So it's like, yeah, it just it, – it has that tendency to lead to really awkward <laughs> situations that – that um, in my mind, I just shouldn't have to deal with when my focus is just to to teach the lesson. Right, right, you know? right. So that's something that just again for me that um, you yeah, know, fearful it's fearful element on its own. It's it's, yeah. a, it's an element that makes you feel unsafe, and that's the whole point because that's one of the arguments that for sure science saying brings up before we went to Brian. But as far as um, you know, when you make your when you when you make sure that your employees feel safe. Then everything's gonna run smooth, anyways. Like there's, there's, because you're able, because then you're able to concentrate on your job, regardless of what it is. Right, and then like it, it happened again the other day where, um, you know, these people came in and they asked for my boss, and I was like, well, my boss isn't in. Can I help you out with something? And they're like, yeah, we just came. Like, he, you know, he told us to come by around this time and like and register and like make payment or whatever. He said he'd be here to collect payment, and then I was like, oh, well, he's not here, so I guess I'll take your payment. And then they asked for a receipt, and I was like, well, well. I don't have a receipt book, and like my boss has a receipt book, and I can't get into his office, yeah. obviously. So, and his office is locked. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's just like, yeah. And, and I was like about to collect the money from him when they like you know wanted the receipt, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna hand this back to you now. Yeah, yeah. Because like might, I'm not yeah. gonna take it from you and not give you a receipt. Yeah. So, yeah. like, and and again, maybe it's just that thing. It's just I haven't been given the tools to to work that into um, my responsibilities as an employee there. Yeah. Mm, good. Well, I was just gonna say, like, just not having a receipt book or not, um, or even being notified, hey man, this these people are gonna be here at this time. Can you can you do it for me? I'll, I'll right, be, I'll yeah, be not ASAP. even or tell them or tell or ask them if they can come back at a later time. Uh, it's 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 only annoying because it's in my head and it, it's it's something that Simon Singh brought up. So it's off, it's obviously happening. And now that you know we're having first hand uh, conversation about it, it's like yeah, it's it's important. You know. It, a lot of people wonder where that line falls in when you're a manager or a leader. It's like, well, there, there's, there are lines that are drawn that you can map out and determine whether, or determine how effective you are as a business owner, for sake. Mm-hmm. Anything for you, Brian? I think the only thing, I don't even know if it relates or if it answers the question, but the only thing that makes me kind of like scared or like anxious is being like asked to do something that I don't know how to do because then i gotta take the time to figure it out or you know right or to learn it or whatever that's the only thing that kind of makes me anxious for the time and because it's usually if it's something new it usually comes from the very top from the cfo and i'm like yeah 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 and your cfo now is like don't want to piss him off yeah hard hitter (laughs) he's a hard hitter yeah the the reason why i bring it up is because or that guy's this question because I, i believe i tied it in with in, in association with dehumanizing and like profit gaining, um, Simon argues that you know a lot of the way people run things now is still like '80s and '90s business principles. So like this stuff doesn't work anymore. And one thing he brings up as far as fearful is like layoffs or losing your job because you made one mistake. And you know how how safe do you feel in your job? You know where. Um, because because you're in the red, you're gonna get fired. As opposed to like, well, we actually need to solve this problem that has nothing to actually do with you because you're actually performing your job and you're teaching your kids. And Eddie's example. Yeah. Sorry, I definitely no. I was gonna say I definitely had a like a little phase of of being afraid to make a mistake because that would ultimately lead to my termination. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because I think I got to the point where I got like proper feedback from yeah. my bosses, and they were like, you know what, you're you're doing a great job, this and that. So, not that I'm, not that I'm gonna like make mistakes or more mistakes because of that, but I'm definitely I know that they they won't be upset to that extent. Right. Uh, of course, it depends on the mistake also, right. but I know, I know that when if and when I make a mistake. It's not gonna lead to a termination. It's just gonna be like a little lecture or something, you yeah, know. Yeah, you get be like, "This is how we avoid it next time," and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing, because he goes as far. He uh, Simon Sinek goes off as far as far as talking about mass layoffs. So like when a when a business is failing and they're gonna go bankrupt, back in the eighties and nineties, you should just flat out lay people off. And right now, I think the the I think the example for today's age is the oil industry like Weatherford and them, that they did mass layoffs at some point, and now they, like, rebuilt. What, however that worked, all I know is that it happened, and there were layoffs, and I think there's still layoffs going on now, maybe here and there, but where businesses are doing that as opposed to, you know, finding the actual re- the actual reasoning, usually it's not the employees. I wonder. Usually it's the CEO, and this is my favorite thing that everybody kind of laughed out in the, in the, in the, in the video was when he talked to C- when Simon talked to CEO, he's like, so who who's your uh, what's most important to you? And the and the CEO says the customer. And he's like, How is the customer important to you if you haven't talked to a, a single customer in fifteen years? He's like, No. The people that talk to the customer are the, are your most important people. And that's where we're losing it. Cause that was an eighties and nineties mentality that is now it's I'm pretty sure it's like I said, shifted to a different industry, which I think I would have to argue would be the oil oil industry. But in general, it's like when CEOs get asked that question, like, oh, yeah, the customer, the customer's more important. It's like, yeah, that's what you promote. That's what you advertise. But still, your frontline people are the ones talking and communicating. Going back to Noah, he's the one talking. He's the one talking with customers every single day at the Four Seasons and Caesars Palace. And he's giving two different answers, same person, and totally different attitudes, two different places, two different workplaces. Here's a rhetorical question that I got from I think I think it's from Simon Simic that he said he's like how can you build a winning team when you prioritize the needs of the fans he brought up like any type of sports team like when like if you were to talk to like a, a coach like oh yeah we need a we need more fans we need to make sure the fans are happy and then you have a losing season well yeah because your focus was not in your team and that's the way he ties in that sports with business and the whole concept of and I I I I'd now want to like adventure into like how the NFL runs their stuff and everybody else because I feel like there's a there's a happy medium and I'm just wondering what that medium is. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like the NFL, the M- M- all these all these major league teams and associations, you know, they're they're very prosperous and I wonder how they're like. I wonder, how, I guess I just wonder the the depth of their model of their business models. Well, you know what kind of amazes me about the NFL is like they. <sighs> They come down hard on their athletes that, like, have, like, a certain, like, legal matter in their personal life going mm-hmm. on. Like, with Michael Vick, it was uh, dog fighting, mm-hmm. and with um, whoever it was from the Cowboys recently that was accused of oh, shoplifting. Elliot. Oh, I don't know about shoplifting. No, nah, it's like some other oh, dude. Okay, I don't I, remember. I couldn't tell you the name. I'm not, like, a huge football or Cowboys person in general, yeah. but um, I don't know. But the dude was, like, accused of, like, I think, like, petty theft. Not even shoplifting. I think oh, it was, okay. like, petty theft. I, I, th- I think, don't quote me on it. 
I think it ended up that it was uh, like misidentification on the security's part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so did hear about it, that. It wasn't actually yeah. him; it was someone else. Yes. But like the NFL was like getting ready to like come like fucking down hard on him, yeah. like you know. And uh, same thing with uh, what was that dude's name? I'm never gonna remember these names because like again, I just don't so watch that much football. Yeah, you're staying day to day. Yeah, it's just not in my mind all the time. So, but I, I just feel like whenever they have like a personal issue or whatever that. Not necessarily doesn't have um, space like in the NFL or whatever, but like, you know, just something is as far as along the lines of this dude was accused of petty theft or this dude didn't wear slacks to, you know, Sunday's practice <laughs> before he dressed out the or whatever. The big one was uh, not Sherman. There's there's another. He used to play for the Seahawks. He's not playing for the Raiders. I forgot his name. At least would know his name. But uh, he didn't want to do press interviews. So That's he would, right. He would get I fined. That. It wasn't Sherman. It was the other guy. It, it was. It was like some other yeah, dude. But yeah, guy. I know he, what you're talking he about. He got fined every single press conference, and when he would go. He's like, you know why I'm here, and that's like the meme that went out viral. He's like, you know why I'm here, so everybody made me around that. But it that's a real thing, and it's like that. It's like, okay, what's what is the intention, NFL? Like Commissioner uh, Roger Good Good Goodman or some shit like that. Um, Roger something. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. I think is his name. But it's like, yeah, what what's the intention here, buddy? Like you know, like like you know, what 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 kind of business are you running here? Because it's you know, I don't know if you guys know, but they're they're run as nonprofits because they're franchised. I so the tax purposes, the tax purposes are way different. I learned this in college because of my professor, one of my professors, because he wanted to give the example of like what you can do with nonprofit like entitlements, and he's like NFL, NFL runs as a nonprofit. Wow, because they're franchised. That's why there's that's why there's individual owners. So the NFL, in in the case of lawsuits, yes, they deal with a lot of flack from like society, but I feel like a lot of the monetary flack they they bypass because it's not them. They don't get sued. Yeah, the NFL doesn't get sued. The teams get sued, or the individual player gets sued. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, like, with the whole Michael Vick thing, like, the, his dogfighting scheme doesn't have shit to do with how he quarterbacks, in my opinion. Yeah. But now, of course, that gets him in trouble with the law. He has to do prison time. Obviously, that affects his football career, right? Right. But it's, it's just little things like that that I feel have kind of gotten out of hand. Like, mm-hmm. the latest example I can think of is uh, in the NBA, the, um, the Donald Sterling thing. I don't even know. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, it's <laughs> like... Well, he was, like, super accused of, of uh, well, I, I guess, like, the background, he's the owner, was the owner of the Clippers, right? Or one of the majority owners of the Clippers. Oh, okay. okay. So, he was, his, like, his gold digger girlfriend, like, you know, recorded a phone conversation or recorded a, uh, a face-to-face conversation of them. And, like, he basically told her, like, you know, hey, like, I don't want you taking pictures with black dudes. Like, you can have sex with them, whatever, but I don't want you taking pictures with them. I remember that. Actually, so, I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, it was, like, it was considered, like, wildly racist, apparently. And, and um and like, the NBA commissioner, like, wanted him out. And so they got him out. Like, you know, he was not allowed to be, like, an owner of the Clippers anymore. Yep. So they got him out just on those grounds. And I was kind of like, well, that's. I mean, like, you know, when you let that personal personal life stuff, like, you know, mix with your business, it's kind of like, what? where's your mind at? I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I think in the end, what happens is that, like, like you said, like society, it's going to take a toll on the business. Mm-hmm. So then in that case, the NFL, the NBA are going to be like, it's going to cut into our bottom line. So let's fix that. Yeah. And see, that's still an old mindset because it still ties in. Okay, let's, we're just going to fire that people that we're going to fire that person and that's going to solve all our problems. Yeah. When it's like they're so worried about their public image, it's like if I was going to be an employee working for them or a player playing in that league, like I'm always having to upkeep like with my personal life too or keep it as private and like away <laughs> from this as possible. Yeah. 
Like, you know, that's that's kind of, like, bothersome for me. Like, I wouldn't enjoy that, I don't think. And if you think about it, maybe that would keep the players out of trouble. Yeah. You know, I don't want this being out there, then I'm not going to do it type of deal. Yeah, the good example. Well, the, the example I have is Ezekiel Elliott. He has he has that uh, I think like uh, public intoxication or something. Okay. That's going on right now. He's with the Cowboys. He's the running back for the Cowboys, like star player. He he rushed over a thousand yards last year. I think he's did like sixteen hundred yards, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all it's all cohesive. All these all these little yeah. bits that we have. So that was said like, hey, if you get in any trouble, you're out of here because it affects our public image. Yeah. Then it would keep the player in check. Yeah. And the cool thing, or I, or I would say the cool thing for him is that it look, the, the evidence is showing that that it's a like it's it's it was thrown out of out of proportion. He's not gonna get more than likely he's not gonna get charged. Like I think they should have announced by now. I don't know if they have or not because I know the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame weekend was this weekend. So like the NFL is just starting up again. So that was that allowed for the for there to be a little bit of gray area to where like he was put on the back burner for a little bit. But anyways, anyways, final part of the agenda. Because I should have done this at the beginning, but we kind of just jumped in and I liked it, so we kept going. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you did this or not, but what do you know is going to happen, and what inconsistency did you work on? To be honest, missed out on the first part about what's going to happen. Yeah, the consistency though. I tried two things. Um, one, I was gonna ride my bike every day because I had been slacking on that since Vegas. <coughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then the other thing <laughs> was fasting, cause fasting, um, I was tracking it on an app, and then I stopped tracking it on an app and just kind of keeping my habits the same, but then those habits started slipping, and I was like, damn it, like I need to go back to because you're doing at least it. the f- you're doing at least circadian, right? Yeah, you were trying to so I was doing circadian, circadian every every day, every day trying to do it. And how um, long did you last? How 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 many, do you remember how long you lasted? Up was it up until Vegas? Or like was it a good like little yeah, stretch? No, yeah, no, it was up until Vegas because like Vegas my schedule was so crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't I didn't even bother, um, and then but when I got back I was I was uh still keeping on it like kind of habitually not really tracking it on the app yeah. and then that started slipping so two things I, I was biking every day and i was i was fasting you got every back day. on it so the fasting i did do every every day and the biking i did uh three four days out of the week um stuff happened during the week where it didn't allow me one was like the weather too yeah so i didn't i didn't do it but definitely definitely did feel good to be back on that and, and keep it consistent yeah it's good. I, I think that I think that suffices to cover for that round one because at least what do you what you know is going to happen is you want to get back on that circadian, you want to get back to your biking, so that's good. Yeah, there's yeah. I mean there's a lot of things I want to happen, mm-hmm. but I just I and well, I think that's a personal thing with me. Like I don't like to say or guarantee certain yeah, things because yeah. well, then I'm wrong and I want to be wrong. <laughs> and yeah, you don't want you don't want to get to that point. Yeah, <laughs> there's another tangent I'll probably bring up next week with Seth Godin and like yeah. making promises and keeping them. Yeah, but uh, we can end there. Like I said. That in itself, I think, is good. You, it's, it's still a small step forward of trying to work on some inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Um, for just quick reference, and I don't, I don't know if any of you, if you were here when I mentioned like circadian, but circadian, it's a type of fasting where basically, when you have your first cup of coffee, your bio, your bio clock starts, and essentially, naturally, for like ninety percent of people, your bio clock starts when the sun comes up. So let's say your case, Eddie, you have your first cup of coffee at seven. Well, your last meal should be done by 7 p.m. That's like the ideal. I don't do that. I do more intermittent because, like, usually I have my first meal like around noon. Like, I, I rarely have. I will have breakfast if I wake up like super early and get early work done. Then I have breakfast. Then I'd go about my day. So, like, let's say I have breakfast at six. 
Well, I usually give myself a 10-hour window, so by like three o'clock is my last meal. I'm not in that case, uh, if that if that were the case. But uh, since I n- normally have it at noon, you know, I'll go until about 9 p.m. Like I have a nine-hour, 10-hour window. Right. So that's that's the gist of circadian. Circadian versus intermittent, where like Brian's is sun up to sun down, and yeah. that's it. You and only you, eat while the sun is up. Yeah. And, gotcha. And when the sun goes on, that's that's the gist of it. So. It's definitely easier to run with. I always suggest starting with 12, breaking into 12 hours. So let's say you have your first cup of coffee at 8, finish eating by 8 p.m. and go the whole 12 hours, water only. And uh, it's interesting what, what, what your mind will test you on with that, too. It's pretty cool. Uh, my dad had a procedure done on Thursday, so he had to fast all day Wednesday. So basically his last meal was Tuesday. So when I met up with him and I picked him up from the hospital on Thursday afternoon, uh, he's like, hey, that fasting stuff's not so bad. Like I told you, you're not gonna die. I promise you're not gonna die. I'm like, and I'm like, I know I I do the the bare minimum of like my end goal is like always three three days every month. Um, but I'm like, but even him where he went, bas- it basically he went from Tuesday night until Thursday afternoon. So it's still almost a full 48 hours that he went. Um, and then of course he, he had a lot of food and I was, you know he got back onto his thing. But he's like he's like he's like hey he just realized like hey like. Keep doing what you're doing because it's actually not that bad. Like I now, I now understand. As opposed to saying, "Oh, you're crazy. Like, you're starving yourself and you're doing this." I'm like, "No, like it's planned. It's very much planned out. It's a mental thing. Once your body remembers that you're gonna do it every first through third of the month, like you're good. You know, you're basically good to go. Good stuff. But we can we can close up with that. Working on staying consistent, finding what we can better ourselves at. Um, before we get into social media, the social media stuff. Actually, no. One more topic before we end. Uh, you were saying something about Snapchat that you're going to do something for a week, Brian. You were saying uh, – I want you to mention that on purpose. Yeah, I was just going to – I'm deleting the app for the next week. Um, just because lately it's been a slightly bigger distraction, and it's making me uncomfortable, to be honest, that uh, that it, it has become a distraction. So getting rid of it for a week, see how that goes. And like I said earlier, if I wasn't on social media – because that's really like kind of the biggest platform I'm on. So, like I said earlier, if I wasn't on social media, I'd be reading. So I'm kind of actually excited, looking forward to getting a lot more reading done. So, yeah, just spending your time a little more wisely. It's the biggest thing. That's all, that's all I wanted to mainly mention about that. Do you have something? No, I was okay. going to say, and ironically, we're about to drop our social media for yeah, you for, <laughs> for you, you guys to, For you guys to tune in. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm taking a break from this for a week, but... Uh, <laughs> But you can still but follow me. It, you can still follow me, but it's only Snapchat. You're not getting yeah, off like Twitter nah, and nah. Instagram. Well, to be honest, I haven't been very active on Twitter. Well, my my whole point, my well, one of the things I wanted to bring up was like, I think I'm gonna do that. Cause last week I mentioned to you, Brian, as far as uh, the Twitter things, Seth Godin, and Seth Godin's not on Twitter. He's this entrepreneur, Eddie, an author, and basically his evaluation was like, if I get on Twitter, I want to be good at Twitter. He's been blogging since blogging was called email. There were, e- there were email newsletters. They were called email newsletters. So 20-something years he's been blogging before it was even called blogging. right? So so he said, okay, Twitter just got created. Do I want in? And so he did a basic a pros and cons list. And, w- of course, one of the things he says is if I become good, if I become good at Twitter, if I want, if, if I want to become good at Twitter, then I need to get something up off my pros list. He's like, well, I'm not willing to. So I'm just going to not go on Twitter. So he's not on Twitter. And he's like, since that day, that decision he made like back like a few years ago, he's never thought about it twice. So my, I want, and I, when Brian said this at the beginning, before we started recording, 
I was like, okay, that made me think of this because I, I was actually thinking about that before we got, before you guys got here of like, I think what I'm going to do is let Twitter be for moving with life only. Let Instagram and Facebook be for music. Like from just for me, like anything I share, anything else will be from like from Eddie and whatnot. And he shares stuff for me as well. But because the time I'm not worried about, oh, my God, I need to post on Twitter is the time I can use for making better content on Instagram, making better content on Facebook. And then essentially having more time just to keep my stuff like whether it's reading. Right now I'm trying to read a book a week, which I've now done one book. I'm on my second book. I'm about halfway done. I'll finish tomorrow. And uh, so that's my goal. That's that's one of my personal goals: reading a book a week till the end of the year. Um, but the the concept of what things do you make yourself do, and if you dropped it, what could you become better at, and playing that middle game? Because like most of the shit that I post on on Twitter, anyways, is like an Instagram share. Like it's a share, and it goes to Instagram. It goes to Twitter. But it's like, well, why, why don't I get feedback on Twitter? It's because I don't, I don't, I'm not active on Twitter. I'm active on Instagram. So that's like my primary platform where Facebook, it kind of ties everything in because I have so much family on there. You know, I, it's just kind of my, my communication platform so that when I, we meet up for a family party, I'm like, oh, how's it going? How's, how's it gigging? Whatever. We just kind of catch up. Um, so that, that's kind of been like my mindset. So I like that you said that because like, well, yeah, you can, with the time that you're not going to be spending on Snapchat or Twitter or whatever, account that you don't really use or for, or you feel like you're forced to use you can actually use that time more idealistically for something that you can enhance so anyways you guys listeners can choose which platform you want to reach us at either way it's available it's it's part of society i'm not saying quit social media you'll be way more productive but what i will argue is like if you spend your time on social media don't watch tv like like give some i i have to argue give give something so you can be just a little more productive don't leave a con for another con yeah 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 yeah, that's that's a great way to put it brian so regardless subscribe leave reviews uh give us some feedback let us know what you think about the episodes like i said at the beginning is like i feel like we're now heading into a, a better direction for for our listeners to give them hopefully things that they can use and move forward with and uh and like one thing i said last episode was I'm not worried about getting feedback immediately. I'm worried about you guys going out and using these things and, you know, helping others and using them for yourself to then move move your life and better your life. So, Eddie, you can start with your social media. Sip. Um, sorry I was uh, gone for, like, two weeks, by the way. Anybody <laughs> who's, like, listening, I was, uh, I was pretty busy musically. I was, like, on tour going through, like, West Texas and New Mexico and Colorado, and it's pretty rad. So that's how come I missed out on the past two, uh, past two glorious episodes. Episodes? Episodes. <laughs> wow. Pronunciation. You should have heard me last night, too. I was like trying to say the name Raul. And oh, I was yeah. like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Raul. 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 <laughs> Raul. <laughs> anyway, you can find all my social media stuff at uh, www.eddiesignsmusic.com. So that's E D D I E S A E N Z music. Hope you know how to spell music.com. And that's just probably the easiest way to get it get everything on there you can um look me up on twitter snapchat and instagram under brian alejandro underscore 
Uh, it's B-R-Y-A-N-A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O underscore. And by the time you listen to this, uh, it'll be close to me getting back on Snapchat anyway. So, so it's all good. Yeah, and so and, all and, good. and Brian's uh, weekends are eventful, so you can tune in on the weekends. He has like his own little like thing on the weekends, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Oh, Fiverr. Oh, yeah, and on Fiverr, if uh, Hold you on, Brian. needs. Don't miss out on this shit when he's not that busy right now, people. Because one, one day yeah. we're going to – I keep mentioning it. We're going to hit that one day. You're not gonna have a chance, and I'm and don't don't let it fall through. Don't let yeah, it fall through. Take advantage. Don't procrastinate on this because he'll do it. He'll get it done within you know a good amount of time. I gave him some work. He did it. He, he did it literally pretty much like six hours quicker than I would because I would procrastinate through the whole damn process. So he got it done. He but like two hours later he messaged me like I'm done. Here's your email. It's done. I'm like okay cool. I, that's two hours. Initially eight hours that I don't have to spend on it that I knew I wouldn't just procrastinate the whole yeah. fucking day. I'm doing that shit. So, yeah, so look me yes. up on Fiverr at uh, look up Brian Alejandro. Same as my other social media except no underscore. No underscore. Cool. Yeah. For the, as far as the podcast, Instagram and uh, Twitter, it's moving with life underscore. That's again for Instagram and Twitter. For Facebook, you can do facebook.com forward slash moving with one life, the number one. So again, moving with one life. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. For now, we can call it. And hopefully you guys can take at least one thing away from this episode and use it in your everyday life. One quote I like that I listened to just before starting and getting together with you guys today was a quote by Ben Franklin. He says, diligence is the mother of good luck. 